0: If you're having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Hit me. The rap patrol on the gap patrol. Folks who want to make sure his cask is closed. Rap critics who say his money cash holes. He's from the hood. Stupid with type of facts it If you come up your roads, you exactly told you celebrating the minute you was ha- Welcome everyone to NXT Revisited. My name is Sal and I am your host for this evening. Jason and Troy could not make it. They are on assignment. But I am here to talk about everything that happened this week in NXT, including NXT TakeOver 25 And we'll touch on the weekly show as well I am not alone, however, this week I am joined by the red-headed Man himself, Ginger is here
1: Hey guys Glad to be back um, You know, it's uh We've had a pretty crazy What, five days Of NXT And there's a quite a bit to go over So
0: There absolutely is Now I'll give credit where credit is due Uh, Jeff and Jason did a great job recapping TakeOver on the Blender this week. If you get a chance, check it out. Jeff putting in some extra effort to try to get that thing pieced together, uh, having some internet issues and had to record and and stop and go a few times. But they got out a good episode, and they covered a lot of stuff on that. We'll try not to repeat everything they said, but we're going to go into a little bit of detail here when it comes to TakeOver 25. And I want to start, I know this is one comment I did here on the Blender. It felt a little bit underproduced, considering that takeovers usually accompany a big WWE pay-per-view. Sometimes I feel like uh, they outshine them when it comes to the entrances or the production. And tonight, this takeover, it lacked a little bit. What would you think of the set, Ginger, the entrances, everything about it?
1: Uh, I didn't mind it because I think almost what Triple H is trying to do is almost separate and make his own thing. He's not trying to backpack off of them and kind of steal some of the ideas. He's trying to come up with his, his completely own creation, which he already did with NXT in general. But, um, I I mean, production-wise, I didn't really notice much. I mean, that that's not... I shouldn't say not my thing to pay right. attention to. Normally, I do catch stuff like that, but I will say the one production thing that I really enjoyed went during the 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 beginning of the Riddle and Roderick Strong match, where they like panned out the lights and yes. then brought them in. I like that uh, that effect.
0: Oh yeah, definitely gives that a, a unique look. My mm. thing was, with, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but because it was in Bridgeport, Connecticut, right. Um, it, it just felt like, was this just one of their, you know, touring house shows, and they just stuck a takeover on it just to kind of throw something at the fans before Saudi Arabia? Uh, I mean, who knows, I mean, right?
1: some, some people might look at it that way, but uh, believe, I believe something happened. There was a schedule conflict, I think, a while back, and I think this was almost a wake-up. Uh, make up for it, wasn't there? I feel Yeah, like...
0: and that would make sense because you would think with Money in the Bank just a couple of weeks ago that they would just piggyback off of that city, <laughs> sell out the arena two nights in a row. But, yeah, I don't know, Bridgeport, <laughs> Connecticut, not your typical spot for a uh, takeover event. That being said, the wrestling, the announcing, everything outclassed everything about the venue and the, and the people in it. So I'm not going to spend too much time. It's just something I noticed that was a little different.
1: Ah, shit on the Connecticut people. I'll class them.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned, now, before we even get started, I do want to mention this was the first time that Beth Phoenix has joined a NXT event for a TakeOver special. Beth, tonight, I thought, did a phenomenal job, and who was it? It wasn't Morrow, but somebody took a very veiled shot at AEW. And they said something like, as soon as they went on the air, they said, the true alternative in the wrestling industry. Oh, that was Nigel. Nigel, yeah, that was Nigel. Yes, that's yep. right. And I caught that right away, and I was like, oh, okay. I see what you did there, Nigel.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to throw digs at each other, but, I mean, Trips Trips isn't going to waste that much time. No, but-
0: no, and it was very vague, and for all we know, it's something Nigel just came up with on the fly, but I thought it was funny. Yeah. Now, um,
1: but as for Beth Phoenix, um, I thought she did a phenomenal job on her first takeover big event for it. Um, you know, she she didn't have to say much, which is good. Um, but I I thought she did a great job with a little little because um, she she's been in the ring, so she gives more of the experience like for the current product. Um, But I thought she did great.
0: Yeah, Beth... I don't want to trash on anybody because that's not what this is about. Beth seems miles ahead and more comfortable than Renee does on Raw. And I don't know if it's because it's a different show and it's a different feel, but, you know, I I appreciated Beth giving her insight into the moves and to why somebody does something, you know, to why something hurts more when they, you know, wrench back on something. I I liked Beth's part in that.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But, I mean, where Renee on Raw, I'm sure Vince is all over her and critiques the shit out of her. Or, I don't know, but... um, yeah, she, she definitely outshined Renee in that aspect.
0: So we begin with our first match of the night. NXT, uh, NXT sorry. Um, we have NXT's original bro, Matt Riddle, versus the undisputed Arizona, Roddy Strong. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people looking forward to this match. I knew it was going to be a good match. Matt Riddle continues to just up his game every single takeover. Uh, When I first saw this guy wrestle, I was like, okay, he's got a standard MMA style, you know, a lot of knee strikes, some submissions. I feel like everything he's done since has just been above and beyond. He just continues to impress me.
1: Yeah, uh, I hadn't seen him until he made his debut in NXT. Um, so I really don't have anything to bounce off of. But, I mean, I did hear the buzz and everything once he got signed and people were like, oh, shit, this guy's awesome. So, I mean, yeah, he he's fucking great. He's going places quickly.
0: And what I liked about, especially in this match, Matt Riddle pulling out some offense we hadn't seen from him before. lot of new moves or moves we haven't seen him use in the WWE system and good on Mauro for knowing what the moves were. For example, he, I don't want to jump too ahead but a bro, Derek. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <coughs> Just the name alone gets an A for me. Um, but Ginger, I'm going to defer to you to start. What were your uh, overall impressions of this match?
1: The overall impressions was it was a beautiful way to start this takeover. Um, Normally they start with tag team matches, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. which I was kind of shocked that they didn't start with the ladder match to really get the crowd into it, but it didn't really matter because this match was fucking
0: greatness. This was great. A lot of hard-hitting action. Um, They beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) They really did. Just stiff as fuck. I mean, I'm sure they, they... Uh, you know the old adage they shook hands beforehand and just said hey we're gonna we're gonna bring it tonight and they absolutely did um there was one point where strong not only hit uh riddle with a step up in seguri he then hit him with like 16 elbow strikes in a row (laughs) he went just went off the ropes nailed him came back did it again i was like jesus fucking christ riddle's gonna be knocked out but uh the other thing I thought was interesting is that Strong matched Riddle's pace. Riddle mm-hmm. can be kind of described sometimes as a chaotic frenzy. And uh, Strong was right there with him. Yep. He never slowed down once. So, to your point, it was a great fucking opener. I I,
1: I think Roddy was almost trying to prove, himself, prove to himself that he could still go with a style like this. Because... Um, the past few takeovers, he's been in tag matches, correct? He was defending the NXT.
0: Yeah, ever since he's been associated with the Undisputed Era, um, he's been in a lot of multi-person matches. This is yeah. his first single match in takeover right? in well over a
1: year. Oh, yeah, because once Bobby Fish got injured, he hopped in that spot.
0: Yeah, and I mean he was he was obviously great in War Games. He was great as part of uh, the tag team with Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. You know, great in all those matches with um, uh, War Raiders and everything. But tonight, I think Roddy was like, you know, I'm still fucking Roddy Strong, and this is a guy who's been doing it for fifteen fucking years. Yep. And and looks as good as he did when he first started.
1: Yeah, back to your elbow strike spot where Riddle was on the ropes. Uh, I thought they were going home with that. Because yeah. Riddle looked completely out of it, and the way it just—it was the 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 setup for it was amazing, and I was like, "That's it!" And then Riddle kicked out,
0: and that was the other thing too. I thought Riddle selling tonight was great, yeah, for a guy who, in all in all honesty, hasn't been doing it that long. You know, he made you believe that he was knocked stupid a bunch of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, there. There. I have so many notes on this match. It's ridiculous. Like everything they did in this match was awesome. One thing before we go in any deeper to this, mm-hmm. did you notice that the be when uh Roddy took his gear off and threw it to the outside when he came in, he immediately he must have like hit somebody with something because he immediately turned and was like, oh shit, I'm oh, sorry, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, the shit, not for immediate- you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the funny part was the, com- the camera immediately went off of him once he did that, which I thought was hilarious.
0: Well, you're in the zone. You're throwing your jacket oh, yeah. off. You, you know, you're know, you ready. You're focused. All of a sudden, you hit like the camera guy or the ring guy. You're like, you're man, like oh, no. shit. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh,
1: and then I really enjoyed the um, flip-flop taunt. That Riddle did, flinging his flip-flops at uh, Right, right Roddy. to the
0: start. He, he yep. usually flips his flip-flops off, but he flipped them right into Roddy's face, which I thought was yeah. a nice touch.
1: The, the little stuff with this, too. Like, like just, this, just a, an amazing opener for this. Uh, and I really enjoyed the fact that uh, Roddy used the angle slam.
0: Yes, which they called Olympic Slam, which is fine. That's typically, you know, technically what it is called.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to call it the angle slam when somebody else is using it.
0: Uh, This was the match, if I'm correct, that um, Matt Riddle hit the uh, knee strike to the face and Mauro immediately called it a V trigger, didn't he? Uh, Did he? Yeah, he did. He Uh, absolutely uh, did. Which, uh, you know, they they mentioned it on the uh, blender that uh <laughs> eh, not now not what that move's called in wwe but it's a knee strike so whatever you want to call it you want to call it a yeah. trigger that's fine that's eh, fine at least he's not screaming V trigger
1: well considering the fact that morrow announces for every single fucking contact sport he's gonna get a little uh haywire on things but but that's not a major concern, I think.
0: Not to mention Maru would scream himself into oblivion enough tonight. So he didn't have to scream the VG. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More on that in just a moment. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Riddle unleashing some new offense tonight. And he ends up finishing off Roddy Strong with it it's it looked like a, a tombstone setup but then almost uh, a neutralizer, because it doesn't look like he dropped him on his head like a typical tombstone.
1: No, I think it's made basically a uh, reverse-styles
0: clash in a way. Yes. That's a um, great way of putting it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I... It's basically like a front slam tombstone styles clash.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, they're it's calling like a- it a cradle tombstone, but
1: okay, yeah, I I, I didn't catch what they had called it, um, but yeah, I thought it was a really really nice way to introduce that finisher.
0: Yes, and I think it's better than the Broton, which is just you know the. That move's fine, and the bro mission's okay, although it kind of looks like he's just hugging the guy, like they're just yep. snuggling. <laughs> um, he has another one, too. He has, the, I think it's a flipping broton off the top rope. I don't think it's called anything special. If I'm wrong, I'm sure Jason will correct me, but um, no, I like this move for Riddle. It, it, it's, a, it's a definitive finisher that yep. will absolutely put somebody down, and it's believable that that's a three count.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I like the fact that he used the GTS into a German.
0: Yes, that was that uh. was
1: uh, some serious shit. I thought I like there were so many um, false finishes in this match. I mean, that's how kind of how this whole pay per view was. And I'll get deeper into depth on my feelings on that in a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, back to our original point. This was a great opener.
0: Yes. And a great signature win, I would say, for Matt Riddle. He mm-hmm. continues to climb. Uh, they called it, as soon as the bell rang, a rebound r- win for Matt Riddle since he lost to Velveteen Dream at the last takeover, yep. which, yeah, I see how it's a rebound win, but he barely lost to Dream last takeover. I think mm-hmm. Dream ended up getting a roll-up at the very like bare last second. Yeah,
1: it was it was a ro- quick roll-up, and yeah. then it was finished.
0: So I didn't think... You know, it wasn't like Riddle had anything to prove. But, yeah, great win. Um, I was a little bit surprised, though, because I kind of thought Roddy Strong was going to start going with that singles push. And now, you know, who knows? Not that it's a bad loss for Roddy Strong, but you got to wonder with Roddy, uh, is it just undisputed filler at this point, or are they actually going to use him in a singles format that would be, you know, push toward a title, maybe? Who knows?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, who knows, because, I mean, it, it seems like they were going to split undisputed, or split Roddy off on his own, and then they started this with Riddle, so I don't know. He might be the little, a uh, little bit of a uh, flip-flop situation at the moment, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, Well, we'll see. I mean, Roddy, again, Roddy's not going to lose anything by, by taking a loss here. He's still going to give you A-plus matches every time he goes out there, so... Mm-hmm. And next up, <laughs> we go to our what we thought was going to be the opener. I thought it was too. It is for the tag team titles. It is a four team tag team ladder match between the Undisputed Hour, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch, the Forgotten Sons, and the Street Profits. The Street Profits. Coming out there looking like a million fucking bucks,
1: and you know what? I as soon as they walked through the curtain and they started walking through the crowd, I was like, "You already know where this is going."
0: <laughs> See, yes and no, because there have been times where somebody has a very elaborate entrance or very uh, extravagant gear, and they don't win. But I know what you're saying when when they when they came out there, you will, you instantly were like, "Wow, one of these teams looks like." You know, the next big thing. And everybody else just looks like they're at TV. So definitely great look by the Street Profits. They're fucking so over, man. And I'll I'll admit, when I first saw them, like maybe a year or so ago, when they first put this team together, I remember being like, yeah, Montez Ford's a great athlete, but I can't stand uh, Angela Dawkins. I've been converted. I'm a (laughs) fan of this team. They're fun, yeah. they're, they're hip, they're, you know, they're over, and they actually work good together, so I yeah, take back no. all, the, all the atrocious things I said about them originally. <laughs> yeah, no, I, but
1: again, back to this point that I always say, I haven't, I had never seen these guys before uh, work, I don't think, anywhere, um, so this is my first time seeing them as tag team, and... Yeah, I mean, I like them. Uh, I think they, I, th- I think the the match that did it for me right off the bat was when they took on the War Raiders. War
0: Raiders on NXT. War Raider. Yep. War
1: Raider Viking Experience guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, these guys, these these guys definitely have something, and they are gonna fucking take it to the fucking maximum.
0: So, <laughs> by contrast, the Forgotten Sons come out. The yeah, go sons. away, sons. Yeah, with without Jackson Riker, which in my immediate mind, I'm thinking, well, that's a fucking mistake. The best part of your team isn't with you. We would find out later why, but originally these guys come out and they just, uh, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of any tag team at your local indie show. Do you know what I mean? Like they just have yeah. that regular feeling. And there's really uh, nothing uh, great about them. I, I mean, how long have they been a group for? About, not very long, right? No, probably or, six, seven months. Okay. Maybe be, oh, well, may, damn. Maybe like like they really like they started putting them together at house shows, but I think they started to be on TV probably around October, maybe November. Okay, so
1: they, maybe they're just not. I, th- I think it's the gimmick.
0: The gimmick sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's you're not gonna get a good uh, feeling from these guys. You're gonna get the indie feeling yeah. if they just have a biker gang gimmick. Spe- like, Speaking
0: like, of the indie feeling, out uh, <laughs> come Orny Larkin and Danny Burch, <laughs> two guys that look exactly the same and don't look don't look you know.
1: Which, they got a pretty big pop when their music hit. They
0: do. They So,
1: they did. hey, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they work great as a tag team. Um, they have good chemistry with each other. Because they, they kind of have almost the same style of wrestling, just brute hitting. And... Yeah. They, 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 so,
0: look, they look like creator wrestler number five. Yeah. But they hit like a fucking truck. They, mm-hmm. Their styles are very good together. And I I'm a fan of watching them. They can't really cut promos. They put Danny Birch in a title program a few months ago with um uh Pete Dunn, and you know Danny cut a decent promo, but he was it was nothing to write home about, and it was just a one off match for TV. But I I. Not going to say anything bad about Orny Loken and Danny Burch because they do do great in matches like this. I think that's where they shine. Um, And then, you know, one of the best tag teams in the world, Red Dragon, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. These guys are fucking amazing. And to be fair, we haven't even got to see them for that long because Fish was out so long being injured. I really thought tonight was the night that they were going to win the belts but I guess you've already done that so I can see why you didn't necessarily want them to be champs again Mm -hmm. but yeah
1: I mean it it, I could I honestly saw it going anywhere uh leading up to it because you didn't know because you didn't do where the 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 titles were just given up they have so many paths that they could have gone that this was literally the titles hanging in the balance for any of those four teams.
0: Maybe not Lorcan and Birch. Like I Hey, you never see, know. NXT true, throws
1: surprises true. out sometimes.
0: That, but if I, if I had to pick like the one least likely team, it would have been them. And then I would have been Forgotten Sons. And then I said it would have been either Undisputed Era <laughs> or Street Profits. So yeah. And now, right at the beginning of this match, pretty much right at the beginning, uh. Kyle O'Reilly takes a back bump, <sighs> and I have no fucking idea because you know I'm I'm not a worker. I don't get how this shit works, but I don't know if somebody didn't move something that they were supposed to, or if somebody just landed where they where they weren't supposed to. But Kyle O'Reilly pretty much landed flush on the ladder with his back, like on the side of the ladder.
1: Yeah, what the fuck? I can't remember if it was was it, it was the uh the the when they were doing the leapfrog spot on the rope hmm and then uh fish took out uh skinny street profit and yep. then uh o'Reilly did the missile drop kick and when he hit bigger uh street profit yep. he dropped the ladder and fucking o'Reilly just right on the corner right of on the, the ladder corner. Oh,
0: and he man. released something on Instagram later. It was like a, a, a close up of the gash that that caused.
1: It was. It was pretty nasty.
0: Yeah, that must have been painful as fuck.
1: Oh hell yeah! <laughs> That's why I was like, oh shit, man! Like, and he kept going for like another fucking fifteen minutes. I was like, that guy's fucking crazy. Oh, he's
0: he's he's one of the toughest fucking sons of bitches in the ring. But just to take that fucking bump and not be out the rest of the match is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. um another six spot came up when Lorkin and Birch hit the uh Forgotten Sons with a double German suplexes and their necks were inside the ladder mm-hmm. now I've heard a lot of talk about this this week some people are like well they threw the fucking ladder as they were getting released from the Germans like that could have been dangerous um and to Jason's credit I think I believe he said this on Blender uh they had to throw the ladder you don't. Know, yeah. You don't want to land with your necks in the ladder.
1: No, that's how you end up with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. Like I, these guys are professionals; they know what the fuck they're doing. Like, but that was a six spot. Oh yeah, because then it took out. Um, uh, it took out street Profits yep. who were getting into the ring as well. So it just played out perfectly.
0: There, <laughs> there was another spot, and I, I forget exactly the dynamic of it. All I remember is that it was another spot involving Kyle O'Reilly's back and Moro just screams out, Oh my god, they killed Kyle! Yes. I lost it when I I heard that. I thought that was the fucking best thing in the world. Oh, Uh, I I love Mauro. Like if if you if um I don't know if you've ever seen it because you've been watching NXT more frequently recently, but there was a video of Morrow that somebody had taken of him at the commentator's table while he's calling a match.
1: Yeah, it was from the desk, right?
0: Yeah, he's going nuts. He's jumping up and down. He's throwing his papers. I I love it. It's great to see that passion
1: yeah because it shows that he is legitimately entertained mm-hmm. like it's not I I personally I don't think it's him acting to put over everything I think it's his, his legitimate reaction to what is happening exactly
0: that's his natural reaction he mm-hmm. is absolutely stunned or excited or completely invested in what he's seeing
1: yep and I mean every takeover everybody else has seen it You react almost the same exact way that he is,
0: right? So you get invested in it. You 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 feel it through Maro, and again, back to Beth. I thought you did a great job tonight of explaining, like this is, you know, this is why he he's doing this. This is oh, he's in pain, so he can't do this. Which a lot of people seem to be in pain in this match.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, dude, this is this is a fucking match. One thing that I wanted to point out. one of the go-away sons did the through-the-rope dive and headbutted the ladder with that uh, Fish and O'Reilly were carrying to the ring, and it immediately busted. Yep. immediately started bleeding. I was like,
0: why would you do that? I think that was Wesley Blake. And okay. To his credit, he's found success before in tag teams. He was with Buddy Murphy when Blake and Murphy were a thing in NXT with oh, Alexa okay. as their manager. All right. Uh, he was in a little bit better shape then, because when you're standing next to Buddy Murphy, you can't look like Wesley Blake does now. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, he's let himself go a little bit, but, you know, haven't we all? <laughs> um, but uh, So that brings up another point, because if there's one thing about the Forgotten Sons that is interesting, it's Jackson Ryker. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you're not familiar, but he used to be a guy named Gunner in TNA. Yeah, TNA. Yes. Yep. And I always enjoyed his work then, although typical jacked guy, tattoos, beard. Yeah. You know, we get that a lot in wrestling these days. Career wrestler, 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem with Gunner. Is he, there's nothing uh, typically that stands out about him. But tonight... I feel like they made him look like a monster. Yes, he came out there, and this is why he didn't come out with them originally, and he pretty much fucking decimated everybody in that ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um. I specifically wrote down he f- came out and fucked everybody's day up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it was. Which is great because I think this is exactly what the Go Away Sons needed to kind of boost them a little bit. Have Riker come out and do that. Do beat the shit out of everybody and have the tag team show that they can go about having a good match with three of the other top tag teams in nxt
0: yeah absolutely and and, and that's the thing you don't have to be the be all end all when it comes to tag team but if you can hang with the best in that division then you'll mm-hmm. be fine and it makes yep. the gimmick work I think Jackson Riker. When you watch what he did at this takeover and just come in there and dominate every everybody, I think he's going to be getting a legit singles push yep. with the guys backing him up. But I think the focus is going to be on him, which is fine. He's the one who, out of the three of them, should get that. You know. Yep. And <laughs> I also liked how they got rid of Jackson Riker. Basically, <laughs> every team that wasn't this. Uh, The Forgotten Sons—they just beat. They just all jumped him. It was like a nexus beat down. And then I have then
1: everyone fucks up Riker's day. Yeah, it's literally like, but uh, he kept getting up, which is to your point. They're trying to make him look like a fucking
0: monster. Exactly. Now, before we get to the finish, because I have a lot to say about the finish. Were there anything (laughs) else that standed out for you in this match?
1: Uh, God. Um, oh, God. When, um, Skinny Prophet jumps over the top
0: His to is take Ford. out
1: Riker, Montez <laughs> Ford dives over to take out Riker and doesn't make it and thuds right on the floor. Mm. <laughs> Yuck. So,
0: so Montez Ford has an amazing uh, vertical leap, it, it's, it's probably the highest I've seen in a long time. Yep. Um, so there are a lot of times where he may just overshoot <laughs> and just end up like further than what he's supposed to end up in. Well, he he didn't
1: even make it to him though. That's the thing. Like I think he jumped from it looked like about half from the middle of the ring to get over the ladder to take out Riker. Yeah. Riker was just maybe like a foot and a half too far out and montez barely caught him with his leg but it worked um to take Riker out and then they took him out of the ladder (laughs) exactly (laughs)
0: um so just just to kind of get to the finish here this this to me is what made it this put the cherry on top so to speak forgotten sons are climbing the ladder or at least one of them is while the other one kind of plays defense and out of the corner of your screen, Angelo Dawkins comes flying like a goddamn freight train and <laughs> spears one of them underneath the ladder. Awesome. So you have the other one just standing on the ladder like, huh? I don't know what's going on. Well, first of all, go up and grab the title, stupid. <laughs> but instead, out of shot, comes a flying Montez Ford who lands perfectly on the second rung of the ladder. S- gives... Uh, Cutler, I believe it was Steve Cutler. A look like, fuck you, kid. Punches him right in the mouth and then takes down the straps. Amazing. That finish was fucking amazing.
1: It was, uh, it basically, like you said, it put the cherry on top of the sundae right there. Um, the one thing that I loved even more that made this, it made it that much better was Forgotten Sons, whichever one it was, when he took the hit from Ford, the way he sold it and like went to reach for the title yes. and fell back was fucking
0: awesome. You know what? You bring up a good point, because when I first watched that, I didn't know if he legit lost his balance or if he was just acting, but that was completely him selling it. Oh, yeah, got, and it was amazing. got punched in the face, and it was like, no, 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 I want the title. And then he just went down to the canvas, and I thought, you know, it wasn't like, oh, he's going to hit him with a reverse Rana off the top of the ladder. No, it was just a straight right to the face, but mm-hmm. dude sold it like a million bucks. Like, yeah, he and just, it made, made, yeah,
1: he, he made it look so like he close. lost his balance. Yeah,
0: yep. he came so close, but now he's just falling to the canvas, and he can't do anything about it. Big, big, big party in the crowd when the Street Profits win. Uh, we may be having a party tomorrow night on the rundown, as Troy had mentioned he would be doing something if the Street Profits actually won the titles. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, but that was, that was the other thing that made this moment for me is, is, as I mentioned, these guys are over, so when they go out in the crowd and everybody's got their solo cups and everybody's partying, that's what's up. That's what I love about NXT. You get moments like that more frequently than you don't.
1: Yeah, a uh, great moment for them. Um, but, like, a, back to the beginning of the match, when they came out, I saw it all day.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is true. When I saw their gear, I kind of had a feeling like...
1: Well, just that you know. could tell by their swag. Yeah. It was almost like, yeah, we got this, and everybody fucking knows it. But And then them going through the crowd to get to the ring, just they they're, as soon as they walked through that curtain, you knew.
0: So our next match of the night was for the North American Championship, and this match had a fantastic video package leading into the match, which was amazing because you took a video package of, of two guys who had pretty much one and a half interactions before this, and you made it into like a four minute package.
1: Yeah, uh, me and Greeny pointed that out, and I, they pulled it off so smoothly, like they were they had a two month run with this whole feud.
0: Yeah, they. That's, one thing that WWE is untouchable at, when they want to and I and I go back to what I said about Kofi Kingston going into his match against Daniel Bryan, when they want to put together a video package that puts you over like a million bucks they, they seem to do it with ease you know, but mm-hmm. <laughs> see this this is the part that plays into what I had said earlier about this maybe kind of a glorified house show tonight, because Velveteen Dream comes out the past fucking ten takeovers, Velveteen Dream comes out and he has, uh, you know, people carrying him to the ring. He has a whole uh, Statue of Liberty set up. He 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 has Hulk Hogan tights on. He has Vince Call Me Up written on his trunks. And tonight he he looks stylish, but nothing special. <laughs>
1: and here's why I think he did that because he's going against the Prince of Pretty. Okay. He's trying to show him up.
0: Fair point. Here's the problem. Prince Pretty came out there looking like he went to, uh, you know, Ames for this. It's match. the hair,
1: dude. It, it, it's it's the hair.
0: It's the right. hair, but it was the black vest. It was the non-furry boots. It was he didn't even have the selfie stick. Like it, if you watch yeah. this guy's gimmick when he came when he fought um, Jushin Thunder Liger. Yes. That was him to the max. It was him turned up to eleven. This was like him at a four. <laughs>
1: Well, um, I'm not saying he's, I don't know. Yeah, I'll
0: I'll accept that point, but I don't know. Um, It just seemed underwhelming for me because it's like, here he comes back to NXT and he's only like 60% as interesting as he used to be. Visually, I guess.
1: (laughs) Visually, maybe, but after this match.
0: No and it was a good match. I mean it, so watching this match especially since you haven't watched too many Velveteen dream matches um he always manages to put his opponent over like a million bucks like the selling of his offense like he he's got a little bit of that over the top style where <laughs> but i think it works and, no, and it, it works for his gimmick for his gimmick right and oh my god i i can't help myself, I have to mention this now, he put Tyler Breeze on the table and then he grabbed the North American Championship and the phone and took a selfie. Amazing. And then, uh, and then they put it on the fucking Tron, too. That was the best part that, of the whole that thing. That is the best, and they just throw it up on the Tron. But Mauro goes, not the kind of photobomb I wanted to be a part of. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh,
1: this... The the beginning of this match I liked, be especially when uh, Breeze did the Shawn Michaels sit up like the the, the rope sit lean, the, yeah whatever that, it's the, called,
0: sit on the turnbuckles. Yeah, that that used yeah. to be his thing when uh, when he was in NXT before too. He would just like show you up and then like like you said do the Shawn Michaels thing where he sit. Throws his little turnbuckle and
1: I loved it when Dream went to go at him and he just put his foot out and just shook his foot like no <laughs> nope. no no it. no no
0: nope. not gonna happen get back yeah <laughs> uh, yeah little be- things like that I, <laughs> I love when Dream uh, went Breeze does stuff like that because he knows he knows how to to work his gimmick how to work the crowd how to play into it mm-hmm. both um, of these guys do honestly but
1: oh yeah these two. I don't see this being the end for those two.
0: No, probably not. Um, look, as as has been discussed at nauseum, Tyler Breeze is in NXT to stay. He's not. This isn't a one-off. He's not going to be on Raw SmackDown for a while, if ever again. And, you know, I'm interested to see his run. So we'll see. And who knows? Maybe his character develops and evolves now that he's going to have a direction to go with it. But Tyler Breeze, to me, seems like a guy right now. Maybe you put him in a ladder match for the North American title. Maybe he's part of a War Games team against the Undisputed. Do I see him main eventing against the Johnny Gargano or an Adam Cole? Probably not. You know, and maybe I'm wrong, but...
1: Uh, I, do, I do see him eventually getting that North American strap, though.
0: That would be great. That would be uh, fantastic.
1: I think I think Greeny brought it up last week that he, or he brought it up a while ago, but re brought it up last week. Um, the fact that if there, if when Breeze was originally at NXT, and if they had a mid card belt, he would have been that have, guy. Absolutely. Yes.
0: He, yeah. And when he was in NXT originally, he was Shawn Michaels 1992. Oh, yeah. Where he was that intercontinental champion level guy, but that would put on the best match every night and be, like, the reason you came to see the show. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, you know, the Hogans and the Warriors on top. But um he was the guy that everybody left talking about. And that's what Tyler Breeze was. And if he can become that again, great. Right now, I think he's a step behind everybody else. When you got guys like Dream, when you get guys like Kushida, when you got guys like... um Keith Lee, you know
1: what I mean? Well, I mean, he's, he's only had one match technically back, so we're going right. to have to see you know, yeah, where he's at. Yeah, we're going to have to
0: see where it goes. Now, this match, this match was fine. This match was fun. I
1: really enjoyed this match.
0: All right. Give me some of your high points.
1: Uh, high points. I really enjoyed the arm rack, arm wrap back cracker that he did almost at the beginning of the match. Mm-hmm. Looked brutal, but I liked it. Um, again, the selfie spot was amazing uh, with Dream. <laughs> Then, immediately following that spot, so Dream turns around and starts, you know, hoobity-hoobla at the crowd, turns mm-hmm. around, and I love the fact that he sold. He looked at the table, noticed Breeze was gone, and kind of made, like, the facial expression. Turned around and got kicked so hard in the face. Like, he took that right on the chin. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that spot. I thought that was a pretty good high spot for that.
0: So that's the other thing, too, about Dream's character is he's been cheered so much that by default he's he's become a face but he's still got so many heel tendencies oh yeah so something like that where he's he's you know distracted or he's gloating and then he's like oh shit where did he go and then he gets kicked in the face it works so perfectly even even though it's a classic heel spot you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah no it was
1: uh in just the 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 way he sold it, turned around, and just his facial expression was like, what? And then turned around and got kicked right in the fucking mush.
0: Now, what do you think of, of uh, the Velveteen Dream's DDT? Where he kind of like... Oh, the rapp- Dream DT? Yeah, the Dream DT, where he wraps you um, and then like, like spikes you.
1: I almost feel like it's it, it, it
0: almost takes too long. It's a little bit of a setup. You gotta, yeah. you gotta go through... To, you got to go through the paces to get to the impact. Which,
1: uh, yeah, um, which, which kind of uh, takes a little bit of away from it because you can't hit it out of nowhere and then the match is over. Like you physically have to drop them down, hook your arm, and swing
0: around. See what what gets me though is he. It's the complete opposite with the Dream Valley Driver. Yes. Like out of nowhere, he just hooks you and just does a cartwheel. It's like a cartwheel. Uh, yeah. Death Valley Driver. And he just plants you with it, and then he pops up, and he's, like, already going to the top rope within, like, a half a second.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, that that spot. So the go-home spot. Back to what you just said a, a minute ago. Dreams heal tendencies. Mm. He grabbed the North American strap. Breeze went to go out and fucking grab him. Dream swung up. Breeze catches it. Mm-hmm. And then turns around and then throws the belt to the ref. Like, I don't want this. Yeah, I'm not turns trying to around.
0: get dq Yeah,
1: and then turns around, hooks right into the um, Dream Valley driver and up to the top rope for the elbow drop. One,
0: two, three. See, even before that, I almost got this feeling as I'm watching the match. Like, wow, Tyler Breeze got screwed. He hits the beauty shot. Yep. And then Dream falls to the outside, and, and Breeze does that classic... Oh, no. like, no. And then he had to drag in the dead weight. Um, when, you know, Dream was dead weight. He wasn't moving. Ref was about to count him out. Tyler Breeze runs in. It's like, no, you got to stop counting. i got to win the title. Uh, so it was great storytelling. Yep. It kind of. It, it just kind of made me feel like, oh, well, Breeze got fucked. He just yep. got completely screwed by a smarter Velveteen Dream. Kind of like what happened to Matt Riddle at the last pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I I honestly thought going in that Breeze was going to win this. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> guy returning got a big old pop when he did come back. And Dream, ah, I don't know who they're going to have him
0: drop that to. Um, so this brings up an interesting dynamic when it comes to talking about Velveteen Dream. Uh, he's been over for a long time. He's been mm-hmm. actually vocally asked to be called up even if he's doing it in character. And and Triple H, to his credit, has used Dream perfectly up to this point. Even got him in that world title pitcher at one point against Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa ended up squeaking it out, but they had a great match. Mm-hmm. So do you continue showcasing Dream and, and putting him in different feuds in NXT? Or do you call him up and let him potentially get wasted on Raw SmackDown? Because, Jesus Christ, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander were two of the hottest commodities in WWE right before they got called up. And now they're barely even on TV.
1: Yep, uh, You can't call him up because, like, I, I think I brought this up a couple weeks ago on the rundown. Um, you can't call him up because he's going to turn into a TNA Orlando Jordan. Yeah,
0: you're not wrong. I I I actually agree with you on that because and and that's even if they use him if they if he's even there if he just doesn't if you don't see him once a month chasing after art truth in the twenty four seven title
1: yeah and it's it's I don't want to get too crazy into the WWE brand but it's 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 sad looking at what they're doing But, but I'm sure we'll go over that tomorrow
0: but 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 I will say this, Velveteen Dream is young enough right now. He's not like Finn Balor was when Finn Balor was 37 years old in NXT, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy's going to be 40. we got to kind of get him up soon. Yep. He They can leave him in NXT. He's mm-hmm. 24 years old.
1: Yeah, you don't rush that.
0: No, no. Because he
1: is very, very hot for your company right and
0: now. And I was going to say, it's not like the gimmick stale. So if you mm-hmm. do, if you want to put somebody over like a million bucks and you want that next person to take the North American title, the, Fuck, dreams the guy to put him over. So,
1: yeah, and a funny little nitpick—not a nitpick—but um, my wife and me were watching the t- the takeover again earlier today, and she, who by the way, my wife was on, ladies' night episode. Yes, she was. Go back and watch. Go back and listen to that, people. I know we talk about it all the time, but that episode was good stuff. To say it was anyway. worth it. <laughs> yeah, but um. She asked me, she goes, is he actually gay or does he play it play it that well? I was like, no, he just plays it that well. So yeah. even he, she is my wife and she knows the insides and outs, but she still thinks that he plays his character so well that he was actually gay. Which is nothing wrong with, by the way. It's,
0: it's something that's becoming a lost art. When you have a guy that is living the gimmick, Mm -hmm. and there's a few people that do it that come to mind. Uh, MJF, I think, is a perfect example over in AEW. He lives that gimmick. He makes you think he is the biggest fucking asshole in the world. Um, And Velveteen Dream's another one where he's flamboyant, he's outspoken, he's brash, he's uh, confident... You know he's braggadocious and everything fucking works whether it's you know snapping his fingers and the lights you know ambiance comes on or when he's uh taking shots at somebody like when he was taking shots at breeze on N- on nxt tv and he was like just because you couldn't hack it on monday or tuesdays i mean everything Loved he it. does plays into his gimmick and he is completely embraced this character, which is great for Patrick Clark because Patrick Clark before this was a talented guy who had some tools. Patrick Clark with this gimmick is money.
1: Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he's shown it since he has debuted in the company for doing it. Just everything he does, his reactions, his movements, everything is on point, mm-hmm. And he fucking nails it.
0: Now, next up, we get a women's title match between, stop me if you heard this before, defending champion Shayna Baszler. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so sick of her. (laughs) Versus Io Shirai. I don't know if you heard this. She's the genius of the sky. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) They didn't say that about 95 times. (laughs) Before. Before we get to that match, we get a shot in the crowd of NXT's newest signee, the one, the only, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> oh my God. Because <sighs> uh, we have to see her in the crowd, right? That's what I want to see it take over.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, she helped to create the. Yeah, the... And,
0: and I know. And, and God knows that my. Uh, co-hosts on the rundown would be like, so she's very instrumental in, in developing the women and blah 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 blah, and that's all great, I'm just so sick of seeing her face on TV.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've we've gotten a little bit of a break recently until yeah. this past <laughs> week where she's like, Rock Lesnar, you're gonna pay. Oh, like,
0: <laughs> good lord! And that's so the thing. Fucking... That video of her, uh, say, Rock Lesnar, you're gonna pay for disrespecting my family. Came out the morning of Takeover. So when I watched Takeover and I see her in the crowd, I went. Ugh. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so so, was... Somebody throw beer at her. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So no, actually don't do that because then you'll get brought backstage and get talked to by Bully Ray. <laughs> More on that next, next, tomorrow night. All right. So this match surprised the crap out of me because Io came out. I don't want to say looking like a death match girl, but like, yeah, she had a she was getting like viscerally angrier as the match went on. And I mean rightfully so. Shayna tried to that spot where she tried to break her arm, which I kinda can't stand that spot where <sighs> they put where they bend her hand back and then they pretend yep. to step on her elbow. And the reason I say I can't stand that spot is, spot is because it looks like they're pretending to step on her elbow. <sighs> It, 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 the first time they did it was kind of cool. Now that I've seen it thirty-five times, I don't care for it. Well, it's a
1: signature move now.
0: Yeah, except for your arm should be broke. And when they did it to Dakota Kai, she was off TV for like six months. So it, it's like the it's like the uh, Pentagon Junior arm breaker. It's like okay, now it doesn't mean anything anymore because you yep. you just did it too much. You did it every fucking match. So
1: yeah, but the, it always pops the crowd though.
0: Well, that's true.
1: So, I mean, me me and you might not like it, and we're tired of it, but every time she does it in the crowd, the, 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 at a show, the crowd pops for it. Hey,
0: that's a valid point. If it's getting over with the crowd and it still works, then do your thing.
1: Yeah, um, so, Baszler Basler immediately works on Eo's arm, per usual. Mm-hmm. I am so fucking tired of this. I understand Jason tried to convince me on this, and I still don't agree with him. It's her style. Fucking A, change it up one fucking time.
0: My That's the God. thing. Her, her finisher doesn't fit her setups because she has the cocaine clutch. So mm-hmm. theoretically, shouldn't she be working on someone's neck? I mean, I understand it's a chokeout, but I'm just like, you're working the arm the whole match and it's not like your submission, your, your finish is an arm bar.
1: Like, are they trying to make it? Is she trying to make that person not be able to tap out?
0: Uh, like,.
1: <laughs> You know what I mean? That, that's it's... the thing.
0: It doesn't. And and to be honest, uh, and this has nothing to do with Shayna particularly. But guys, can we get away from the sleeper and just calling it the fucking Cambridge clutch or the Coquina clutch or the Carrefour? Come on, it's a fucking sleeper. Like enough. Like it's I, I'm body wrapped sleeper. I, I'm I'm sick of it. Even when Joe does it at this point, like guys, it's a sleeper. Like just be done with it. Like in fact, Shayna of all people, Shayna. If Shayna puts somebody in a, hate to use this term, Ronda Rousey-type armbar, it's more believable than the fucking sleeper.
1: Well, where she has the fighter-esque background, I I kind of understand it, but like we just said a minute ago, don't work somebody's arm the whole match and then do a fucking chokehold.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's funny. EO2, so... I like Io. I think she's great. Yep. I think she's very talented. Uh, I found her
1: to be very attractive in this match. Oh. Don't know what it was, but... Oh, I'll
0: tell you what it was. It was those slits along the side of her, uh, her yes. bottoms that made it look like she wasn't wearing anything. Uh,
1: Boy, I was I yes. was excited.
0: Yes, she's, she's a very, very attractive lady. Uh, more sh- more <laughs> so than Kyrie. Way more than Kyrie, in my opinion. But... Um, yeah,
1: I, I can agree with that. Now that I've actually seen EO like in like a match mm-hmm. and like seen, gotten to check out all of her features, so to speak, her bits, um, <laughs> her bits, and um, you know, it's uh, I definitely take EO over
0: Kyrie right now. Yeah. now. My my only kind of nitpicky thing is that they call EO the Genius of the Sky. Her Moon Salt doesn't get much sky on it. It's very flat. <laughs> no,
1: but she, at the end of this, oh, boy, she fucking crushed her. Oh, with the chair? Yes. yes. Well, no, because she hit it twice. I forgot she had hidden it twice. That's right. The first time, she crushed her with it, and then she went back up yep. and then did it again with the chair, and yep. oh, God, that looked disgusting. That
0: absolutely looked disgusting. Um, so, in the middle of this match... This was, I thought, was a nice touch. And it it does foreshadow maybe where they're going. As Eo's starting to get the upper hand, uh, the two other horsewomen come down. I don't know what else to call them, but the two other horsewomen. (laughs) (laughs) And as they come down, looking like the NWO, (laughs) out of nowhere comes Candice LeRae with a fucking kendo stick and beats the fucking shit out of specifically marina shaffier
1: awesome (laughs) i was i was happy to see this because i hate the whole group in general but yeah you in a way saw it coming because they've been bleeding this up since last week's nxt where candace had said that she had eos back yep so um yeah, it was. She definitely fucking laid in those shots. No,
0: Candace looked like a fucking badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she looked like amazing, and it, it's funny because one person with a kendo stick took out two girls that are pretty much bigger than her. Yeah, like Jessamine Duke's about six foot nine, <laughs> and and you know Marina Shafir is a, is she's got she's pretty jacked, so. Candice was like, fuck y'all, I'm taking you both out. To her credit, she did. To her credit, she did. She took him to the woodshed. Um, Jesus. I will say this is one of the first times in a while that Shayna definitely felt like she was in trouble. Like, storyline-wise. Like, it looked like, okay, maybe we really are putting this belt on EO tonight. Yeah. And that's great. That's great for the drama of the match. And then you kill all that drama by locking in a chokehold.
1: Yeah, and um, the the after the chokehold, which normally they let her one of the normally the opponent gets to the ropes at least once,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one chokehold and it was done. Yep. except for the the one that got turned into the pin, the roll back pin. Yeah, so she, she I don't even really consider
0: that a hold. No, because she she locked it in and immediately Eo flips over into the pin. So of course Shana let's go. But then she just locks it right back on. And then once she cinched it in, EO struggled for like a minute. And then I don't know how I feel about this. Do you do you have EO just pass out at that point because instead she struggles but then she just lightly taps out. And it's like mm, if it's a choke and you're losing oxygen, shouldn't you start like frantically tapping out after, you know, maybe 30 seconds? Well, she was
1: on the brink of passing out I get it
0: yeah so.
1: and I'm being nitpicky but yeah and and <laughs> boy that crowd was not happy I think it was no.
0: legitimately like really are you fucking kidding me no because that's the thing they ran their course with Sheena nobody <laughs> wants to see her keep that belt and I understand she's a heel but and and the other problem is after Ember left it was like well who's the baby face that can carry this division we don't have Bailey we don't have Oscar we don't have Ember you yeah, know. maybe
1: this was almost a test run.
0: Maybe. And then you could argue that's what they've been doing with Shayna is they'll put somebody against her, see how the crowd reacts, and then go accordingly. But yeah. um, I'm still convinced if they do it right, and Triple H knows how, they can put Candice LeRae against Shayna at the takeover before SummerSlam, and Candice winning that title will be huge.
1: Oh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's that's that almost seems like where it's going to lead to. Um, but who knows, because, I mean, is that going to be the next... That, that'll that be the next actual takeover, right? I so believe so, because
0: they usually do oh. one every couple months, and we're already in June. So
1: what are they going to do about um, EO attacking Baszler after?
0: Ah, so that's a good point. So EO after the match... And some people were saying online, oh, th- this was almost like a heel turn. I don't think so. No! Because you have... Uh, you know Shayna trying to break her fucking arm in the middle of the match and she tried to have her girls come out and jump EO during the match so really EO was just retaliating and I thought it was perfect but what I think it leads to is I think it leads to a and it might be on a take it might be on an NXT TV some type of no holds barred match or some type of no DQ match between EO and Shayna
1: yeah that's exactly where it's going but where do they do it
0: NXT is famous for not necessarily doing huge things at TakeOvers all the time. They put Finn Balor against Shinsuke for the first time ever on NXT TV. They just hyped it up for two or three weeks. And they could easily do that with this. Or, EO does get that next shot at the next TakeOver and they make it a no-DQ match. I don't know, but to sum up for anybody who didn't see it, uh, EO snapped pretty much after the match. And she decided to beat the living shit out of Shayna. <laughs> Man,
1: she caught a good with that kendo stick, left that nice red mark on her back. She grabbed
0: the kendo stick, started wailing on Shayna. She grabbed a chair, went to the top rope, and hit Shayna with a top rope moonsault with the chair. Like, ow, because you're landing was, on the chair.
1: <laughs> that was my first time seeing somebody do that really like without with without just like putting the chair on the person and then doing the moonwalk oh yeah you bring up a good like point yeah holding that's going to be oof that's going to be a lot more difficult because you can't really use your arms to help
0: guide you over right you're That's all legs that's all legs yeah that's a good point i didn't even think of that Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) she hit (laughs) her flush and both of them looked like they were fucking dead (laughs) very minimal room for error on that spot yeah
1: Um, but the best part was the crowd was then pleased and started chanting you deserve it towards Baszler
0: (laughs) 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 so good and that's why I love NXT sometimes Yep. Everybody wants to get on them. Oh, the fans try to make themselves the show. No, the fans are just having fun. And that, to me, was amazing. You deserved it. So good. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of you deserve it and the NXT fans, our next match, our main event of the evening, the NXT Championship Champion Johnny Gargano defending in his first NXT Takeover title defense against the leader of the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole. Baby, Cole coming out with his own hype man tonight. Oh my god, fucking terrible! Really, you didn't like that? Oh god, I it was terrible. It. First Dude, of all, it reminded me? me of Leo Rush. <laughs> oh my god, it
1: was that—that f- that was probably the stupidest thing because when the guy started like singing. Everybody's like, wait, what? Like, nobody knew what to think of the crowd.
0: Yeah, nobody understood that because it's not like Adam Cole had ever done that before or even alluded to it. Um, It, There's no lyrics to that song to sing, so why have some guy
1: come out that nobody knows who the fuck it is and start singing rapping to a song?
0: Yeah, now NXT, to their credit, has always done a good job of putting like local unknown indie artists over. Um, they do a lot of their songs for, like, you know, the song for TakeOver, we like to thank, you know, Billy Eilish or something like that, right? <laughs> so, like, good on them. But the thing is, is that it's not like we knew who this guy was beforehand. Yeah. So apparently his name is Wrestling Flow, which is great if you're a wrestling rapper. But <laughs> um, I had no that. I didn't know that. For all I knew, Wrestling Flow was the company he worked for, because or the label, because I was like, who the fuck is that guy? I didn't care enough to even look it up. <laughs> I mean, I kind of enjoyed it for the simple fact that, and I know this was mentioned on the Blender, that Adam Cole looked almost annoyed as <laughs> this guy's, like... A, jumping like, around looking Yeah, like, like around him. get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> but I thought that played good into Cole's character, because he's just, like... But then I also thought it made Cole look like a badass. Because it's like, this guy's coming out rapping his song. That's pretty cool. No,
1: I think it actually did the reverse for me. Because, like, it just, again, never has there ever been lyrics to that song. So why, all of a sudden, are you going to do that? It, It was fucking terrible. But anyways, to the
0: match. Well, before we get to the match, to Johnny Gargano's entrance, the champ comes out, and I will defer to you on this, he was uh, Captain Marvel, I believe. Yes. Okay. Did the costume do the gimmick justice? I liked it. All ah, right, cool. So that. No, but, uh, I mean,
1: after actually just watching that movie of the day before, mm-hmm. um, I was like, "Wait a minute, why does his ring gear look so familiar?" Right. And then they're like, "Oh, Captain Marvel." I was like, "Oh, no shit." So yeah, it it did it justice.
0: So to the title match. This is the second high-profile match we've gotten between these two. The last one, of course, being a takeover New York where Johnny beat Cole in a two-out-of-three-falls match to capture the NXT title. This match was one fall to a finish. No steps. No outside people. Cole versus Gargano. Mano-y-mano. This match, for me, was everything I watch NXT for. Now, there was a lot of fucking different spots in this match, and before we start getting into specifics, I gotta ask you, Ginger, you gave a lot of heat to the Bucks and the Lucha Bros for a high, fast-paced Lucha-style match where neither guy sold anything. This match featured about seven thousand super kicks, and it and it also featured a spot where a guy took a pow, a, a driver bump on the floor and no sold it. Oh, well,
1: they didn't no sell it. Wow. Well, it, well, I mean, well, I shouldn't. Okay, not he completely. Picked, he picked him up and threw him back into the ring.
0: Yes, not completely no sold it, but okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, entertaining. Yes. Okay. Um, for As for the selling, not enough for how much damage was done to each body part. They sold it, but not enough in my opinion.
0: Now, that's a comment in retrospect, because as you were watching this, were you thinking that?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because um, I knew I had to follow up with my comments from last week and just watching um, Cole beat the shit out of Gargano's leg and Gargano's like running around doing all this stuff I'm like dude come
0: on man (laughs) because you had mentioned in the host that the day after TakeOver that this was like one of the greatest TakeOver matches you've ever seen
1: no 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 I said the greatest TakeOvers
0: ah as a whole as a whole okay as a whole fair (laughs) point fair point um, so one thing I liked is that Johnny Champion came out as the aggressor to begin with, yep. which I think is great. It does. It's not as great when you think about the end of the match, but we'll get to that. Um, no, I think it's great. Johnny should come out there as the aggressor. He's the champ. He's the man. He's waited a long time to be the man. So, you know, him taking it to Adam Cole makes sense. I like that Cole left the undisputed error in the back that he he did not bring them out. They weren't even on the uh on the stage with them. They completely were not there. And you know what? It makes sense too because Kyle O'Reilly's dead at this point. <laughs> Apparently Bobby Fish was too. And, and 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 Roddy got the shit kicked out of him by um riddle by matt riddle so yeah i get why they're not there what are they going to show up on the stage and be half fucking like crippled (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so as we mentioned this had a lot of crazy fucking spots a lot of you know trading super kicks everything in this match felt like they were hitting each other with full force yeah (laughs) crazy
1: yeah, um, um, th- this was almost similar to the Riddle and Roddy match where they probably out out back before the match like, "All right, we're going to beat the shit out of each other."
0: This is the match that I thought Maro was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, Maro? I was fucking right there with you because after a while, I was just like, "Oh my god, what else can these two do to each other?" These two went 38 minutes. That's insanity fucking nuts especially in this day and age i mean i yeah. i get it in new japan they usually go for like 70 minutes but if you're kenny and okada but this for a takeover it, it yeah gargano's used to that type of pace he he went 30 plus with champa i think he did almost 30 with um el idolo you know but gargano and cole for some reason they just have this amazing chemistry and, and, and yeah. maybe it plays into their characters or where they're both at at this point in in the story, but this just felt at any point either one of them could get the pin and it would be completely believable.
1: Yeah, it was uh, completely unpredictable because, um, well, before I get really into it, uh, I noticed I, the second time around watching it Neither of them broke a sweat until like 20 minutes into the match, I'm like, "That's fucking impressive."
0: That's their cardio.
1: These guys That's insane go. cardio, especially being 20 minutes into the match and literally beating the shit out of each other, doing uh, God knows how many spot fests and just insane cardio for those two.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Keith Lee walks to the ring and he's sweating. <laughs> oh my god.
1: She, same with Shane McMahon, for God's sake. Oh god, don't
0: even get me started. Um No, I want let let's go through it. Let's go through some Shuff- of the best spots in this match. Give me some of your best spots in this match. <sighs> okay.
1: Um let's see. I like the beginning spot where they're kinda just trying to one up each other with the chain and just constantly ver- reversals, and then when um, Cole went for the um, uh, the the knee yep. to the back of the head, and he sat, and they both sat there for a second, stared at each other, <laughs> got back up, and immediately went back to it. That Loved was a, it.
0: That was a great spot. Now that's Loved the, it. that's one thing I noticed about this match is there was so many counters or evasions, like yep. they would go for. Uh, a running knee or they would go for a super kick or they would go for a back elbow and each each time the other guy's ducking out of the way or sidestepping it or just avoiding contact like great great fucking back and forth between these two
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i yeah straight up like back and forth the one things the one thing i didn't like was when they both went for super kicks and they both stopped. Why would you stop throwing a super kick?
0: No, you shouldn't stop. You should. And, and I think I've seen this recently in a different match, but you should hit each other at the same time. and Both go down,
1: <laughs> which they ended up doing. Which anyways. they ended up doing. exactly. <laughs> like uh, that that's one little thing. I mean, it, it was, it got the crowd to pop. I was, I like, Oh, but then looking deeper into it, like, why wouldn't you throw it? But yeah. it's, Um,
0: so, so uh, I watched Adam Cole for a little while in ROH. I didn't like remember much because I have like a wicked bad memory. So even if I watched ROH, you know, four or five years ago, I'm not going to remember much from it unless it was like something funny or something crazy. But I wasn't a hundred percent familiar with the Panama sunrise. I am now. Because that is one of the fucking craziest moves, um, and I'm I wish he would use that as his finisher, just going forward. I, I I get the last shot. It's a fucking you know, a shining wizard to the back of your head. That that should end a match. But this move that that uh, Cole pulls out, where he jumps off the apron. Lands on Johnny's head and then pretty much hits him with a Canadian destroyer on the fucking ramp. Holy shit! <laughs> um,
1: I actually have done this spot. Oh wow! It's fun. <laughs> that,
0: it's that fun. It is.
1: Um, but uh, I don't. I don't understand why they call it a pan, pan. What is What is it? Panama City Sunrise.
0: Panama Sunrise. The Panama Sunrise. Or maybe it is Panama City Sunrise. No, just Panama uh, Sunrise. Uh, like. I, I well, understand he's, he's the but... Panama City playboy so I guess that oh, okay makes sense. all
1: right okay so in the, in that case that's fine, but why can't why does he have to do it off of the rope every time?
0: It's a good question <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that's the only thing like it, it's a it's a great move don't get me wrong because it, it that late in the match, which you obviously saw they weren't pulling it off crazy good,
0: mm-hmm. but it was good. But no, you bring up a good point, because the first time he did it was off the ring apron, he landed on Johnny who was on the yep. outside. Then he did it off the second rope. Same thing, landed on Johnny. Mm. You don't yeah, you're right. You don't have to jump off anything. You could totally just do that without the jumping part. Which yeah. if you're
1: well, he he's trying to make that a signature part of it, which is fine.
0: True, but if you're the opponent, just headbutt him in the fucking nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh <laughs> so, the amount of headshots that Johnny Gargano took in this match... Jesus.
1: <laughs> Good lord. He should be like...
0: He should be concussed. At the very he least, sh- he should be concussed like six times over. Oh my
1: god. Six is a shy number. <laughs> Good lord. You're looking at at least a baker's dozen.
0: I also liked at one point, as Maro's going nuts, the crowd chants, Mamma Mia, and Maro notes <laughs> sells it.
1: He's just completely... Well, he can't sell it because he's got his headphones on. Well, that's a
0: good point. Um, so, yeah, a lot of fucking false finishes. Um, one Which thing... was to be expected. Of course. Uh, probably less than their last match, to be honest. I had heard a lot of complaints uh, on the internet on their last match that, oh, well, let's just have 58 falsies and, and so nothing matters anymore.
1: Um, This one was... Similar, if not the same amount, but you know, close to.
0: Yeah, Uh, I did like the spot where Cole locked Gargano in the Gargano escape. Yep. And then, you know, right after that, uh, Gargano tries to hit him with the last shot. (laughs)
1: Loved it. It Loved when they try to steal each other's finishes.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm actually a big mark for that. I, I remember back way back in the day in their third match uh austin and rock rock hit austin with yep. a stunner <laughs> I with was his a, vest on yeah with his that on. oh my god that was fucking hilarious uh any other highlights from this match oh god um just the selling
1: just really bothered me <laughs> like you said the drive the, how many drivers happen and stuff like that you know it's I understand it's to get the crowd, keep the crowd invested and a bunch of falsies and stuff, but like you said, he should have had like fucking 30
0: fucking concussions. To me, it's just... It's one of those things where when I watch... And and I'll give an example from both companies. When I watch Cody versus Dustin, I know I'm not going to have 85 false finishes in that match, right? There was a couple crossroads, but initially... You know, I mean, or I'll say eventually you got where you need to go and it wasn't egregious. When I sit down to watch a match like this or, you know, Styles versus Seth Rollins or the Bucks versus... I know what I'm in for. I know I'm going to get a bunch of high spots. It's going to be 800 miles an hour and there's yeah. going to be a lot of fucking high impact and false finishes. And I'm fine with that. I'm good. You know what I mean? I can't, I can kind of separate myself from this is what this match should be and this is what that match should be like i can just sit down and and sit back and enjoy it
1: yeah i mean that that's really my only nitpick with this whole thing was just the selling i mean jason gave jason gave me shit last week on the rundown but i mean that's how that's how i feel about this
0: no and that's fine and and that's and as he mentioned that there's there's styles in wrestling these days for everybody any yeah. style you want you can find it if you want to fucking sit down and watch you know Nia Jax versus tamina Snuka, that's there somebody somewhere the is the doing wants to watch that well somebody <laughs> somewhere is doing that match but if you want something like seth versus aj or if you want um you know like this match cole and gargano it's it's here and it's it's epic and yeah for uh, me I, mean, I expected it. I can watch this match ten times over with sixteen different people in the industry right now, but when you give me a story, that's where I'm in. Yeah. So whether it's the you know whether it's Johnny fighting from underneath or Cole finally asserting himself as the man in NXT, I'm there for it.
1: Yeah, don't get me wrong. It was a very 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 entertaining match.
0: That being said, when Cole hits the Panama Sunrise and Johnny immediately pops up and like kind of leans back and Cole just runs to that rope and hits the last shot, I did realize at that moment, that's it. That's the finish. Yeah. He just nailed him in succession with both moves. That's got to be it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You knew that you could... You saw it coming. I mean, after all the crap that they had done, and then he hits those two simultaneously. It's done.
0: Now I will. I I, I glossed over this, and I I want to go back to it. At one point, Cole motions to the back like he's calling for the undisputed era, yeah. and it was, it was enough to distract Johnny and the ref. And I thought that was beautiful because nobody yeah. came out. Yep. That's was the just best a, thing it, is that
1: nobody came out. It was a trap to Johnny Gagano. And it and it obviously worked because then he hit him with a fucking pile driver. hmm
0: If uh, if Undisputed comes out at that point, you roll your eyes and you go, Oh, here we go. Now Undisputed. Yeah. But the fact that they didn't Oh, that was beautiful.
1: Made it fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that, that, that that pile driver was ugh, Which I liked. Because it was almost similar to Champa and Gargano with the DDT.
0: Yep. Oh and yes, yes, is yes, that in that um in that match when they had peeled back the canvas? Yep. And uh, Champa's hands were handcuffed behind his
1: back. Yeah, and sure enough, I mean, God, give these guys credit. Given that little bit of this, well, not nostalgia, uh, shout out, so to speak, mm-hmm. to Those two's feud. Yes. Love it.
0: So Adam Cole wins the much eluded from him NXT championship. Well-deserved. I felt if there was any point in Adam Cole's uh, NXT career, this is the point he should have won it. And, uh, again, I'll give Jason and Jeff credit. They did mention this. What happens to Johnny? Because he's kind of a guy now, where you know, like they like way back in the day, I used to be a fan of Tommy Dreamer, but Tommy Dreamer would never win a fucking match. <sighs> he literally lost every single fucking match. I have his arm, and 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 Johnny's a great you know fight from underneath guy, but every he's he's now lost every title defense he's had. When they, when they had the tag titles, they lost the first title defense. He lost his first title defense at a TakeOver when he had the North American Championship. Now he comes out with the with the NXT title. He's waited so long to get it. And he fucking loses. Johnny is a loser. <laughs> Johnny loser. Johnny loser. Johnny failure. It goes with it. And And maybe you go back to these two because... You can do a rubber match, and you can make it a ladder match, and it will be worth it.
1: You're not getting a ladder match. I'll tell you exactly what you're getting. You're getting an Iron Man match. Maybe. One hour. Maybe. You oh. are getting a one-hour Iron Man match. I, I'm fucking calling it right now.
0: All right. I'll I'll, I'll put that down in the record book. That's that's what you're predicting. But um, my my issue, even if you do it at Takeover before SummerSlam, is that I'm walking into that match. Thinking there's no fucking way Johnny wins that belt back. <sighs> I mean that's just that's just from from what everything uh, I've seen with with Gagano's entire NXT career. Why would I think Johnny's gonna win that match?
1: Has there been a two-time NXT champion?
0: Yes, two of them, Shinsuke Nakamura and, and Samoa Joe. They traded the belts back and forth. Oh yuck! Oh <laughs> um, never mind. But still. Um, but, but, yeah. but if you were going to trade belts, I mean, what better two people to do with than Kieran oh, yeah. So I'll give you yep. That. Yep.
1: Uh, that, that, that. That's what you're going to see. The rubber match is going to be an Iron Man match.
0: i love to see it. Especially because I know those two can keep you entertained for an hour. Exactly. Probably easily, given those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your overall thoughts on TakeOver? Uh, <clears throat> Best WWE show is going to put... Uh, WWE is going to... Best WWE show that they're going to put on this month, huh? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Easily. 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 And that's with uh, Stomping
0: Grounds being on June 23rd.
1: Oh, Stomping Grapes. Um, (laughs) The... If... I I hate fucking doing this. I'd go four and a half stars on this. Overall. Every match was smooth, crisp, clean. It told a great fucking story. And got exactly what you wanted.
0: NXT has done a fantastic job of every single takeover I know what I'm in for, and every single takeover I walk away going, man, I enjoyed that show. Yep. It doesn't have to be perfect, and not every single thing I have to think is the best thing in the world, but overall, it's always like Ah oh, man, I love watching Takeover for that reason. Cause it's just every single fucking takeover, it's good. Yeah. And we don't like this particular one, we didn't get any surprises. There wasn't like, you know, anybody in the crowd that they just signed that nobody knew about and it was like, Oh my god, so and so's in the crowd. Like there was none of that. But it's still You didn't need it on no, this one. You didn't need it. It was it was it was a great wrestling show and that's exactly what I expect from a takeover. Now, we did have a little bit of a follow-up episode this week on NXT TV. Yeah,
1: what was it called? Takeover Fallout or something like that? It was. I they had some gimmick name for so it. So he, here's
0: the problem: is that they do this all the time. They record matches at a takeover before takeover goes live at seven, and then they air those matches on TV that week. And the whole mat, the whole show, is pretty much a recap show with two or three matches. This was no different. Uh, just to touch on it briefly, Kona Reeves fought Keith Lee. Two things I noticed about this match: number one, there's—I'm still saying it—there's something there with Kona Reeves. He had a lot of good. He had a lot of good offense in this match, and I thought he got a lot of heat on Keith Lee when he needed to. Keith Lee, on the other hand, holy shit, Keith Lee is a fucking beast. <laughs> <laughs> Everything this dude does. It's, he just looks like a Mack truck, and he looks like a fucking pissed off Mack truck too. Yeah, like especially like he's all smiling when he comes down in the ring, but when that bell rings, man, he is a fucking ass kicker.
1: Yeah, um, I've seen him work twice so far. Um, I forget who we worked the first time. It was maybe a week or two ago, but this match, um, yeah, I'm I'm starting to get a good feeling about Keith Lee. I think they're gonna do good things with him.
0: He's got a great look. He can. He's fucking agile as shit for somebody who's three hundred pounds. Um, and and he's he's got a decent promo. I think. Obviously, we're very. You know, it's very apparent that he gets his promo style from The Rock, which is fine. Um, as as long as that's your style, and as long as you're not copying, you know, because there yeah. is a fine line. Uh, I think Keith Lee's gonna be great. I'd like to and I know they were gonna go someplace with the Dijack feud. Obviously Dijack got hurt. Um I'd like to see Keith Lee get a program. Maybe against a Rowdy Str- Rowdy Strong. That'd be fun, right?
1: That'd be interesting.
0: Give Keith Lee some, some something really to sink his teeth into, because obviously it's not Kona Reeves. <laughs> um We got another match. This was the rubber match between Mia Yim and Bianca Belair I'm watching this match and Bianca immediately makes me want to turn off my fucking network which is not something I often say when (laughs) watching NXT because Bianca has to say that he's undefeated like stop, stop, stop it's not even a fucking good gimmick, just end it come up with something different that being said, these two beat the shit out of each other Uh, I, I will give them that this was the best match of the three Mia looked the best she's looked. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mia Yim, going back to her Jade days in TNA, but she hasn't looked comfortable or or confident since the Mae Young Classic, and I thought this was the first time she did. Um, the finish came when she grabbed. She was sitting on the turnbuckle, and she grabbed Bianca's arm and basically gave her an eat defeat off the second rope with her knee. So I was pretty impressed with that. That got the three count. Mia Yim basically wins the feud. And she looked great this match. Like I said, this was, this was easily her best match. Yeah,
1: last week um, her match was pretty good. Um, me and Jason had discussed that, that she's starting to get more comfortable. And last week's match was uh, Jason's favorite match so far of hers. And this one was better.
0: Yeah, for anybody who didn't see it, if there's one thing to check out this week from NXT TV, I encourage you to go back and watch this match. Um, Mia might even be in the conversation, because her and Shayna, a lot of people don't know this, have a history on the indies. So, I'd be fine with a Mia-Shayna match. Hell, get Mia, get Shayna, get Candice, and get Io, and give me some type of Fatal 4-Way a TakeOver. I'm fine with it. Let's go. Mm. Now... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to get the belt off of Shina. That's true. <laughs> now, they did also announce some interesting matches coming up for next week. Drew Gulak pulling double duty. He was on 205 Live this week when no one expected him to be. He pinned uh, Tozawa, which was fucking incredible. They had a really good match. But also on NXT TV this week, he challenged Kushida to a submission match next week. So that's going to be fun to see a submission match. I'm a big fan of Kushida. I'm such a mark for this Back to the Future gimmick. (laughs) I think everybody is. Oh my god, to me, it's like a child of the 80s. To me, this is such a fucking amazing gimmick.
1: (laughs) I love it. Um, uh, Yeah, I saw his debut when he came into NXT against Cassius. He did a great job. But his best match that I've seen was last week's NXT tapings when he took on Drew Drew Gulak, and the chain and reversals and just the overall wrestling was fucking phenomenal.
0: I I have to go back and check that out. I didn't oh, want to watch so it. so good. I didn't want to watch the episode like before I watched Takeover and then I watched Takeover and I forgot about it. But yeah, now I'm gonna go back. Yeah, I have to now. I have to do it before Must. their uh, submission match. So, yep. Also announced for next week: Oni Larkin and Danny Burch versus. Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy Strong, so I don't know. There's been some scuttlebutt that uh, Bobby Fish might have gotten a little bit hurt. I don't think it's anything serious, but he might have gotten something strained at the ladder match. So he will not be in action next week. It will be the other member of the Undisputed Era, Roddy Strong, filling that void. So hopefully Fish is fine because he just fucking got back.
1: Yeah, he might he might have just tweaked something. I mean, everybody took a fucking ass whooping in that ladder match. So That's I true. mean, I'm I'm surprised this, again. Like I said, I'm surprised O'Reilly isn't out for something. But um, I mean that match will be fine because you got Roddy who and or, or O'Reilly again tagging. So and they just did them um, a year. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, so th- those guys definitely know what to do in the ring with each other. So they'll go, I guarantee you that match is going to be hard hitting as fuck. <laughs>
1: so. Rumor Mel. Okay. don't know how true this is. I saw this. Tommaso Ciampa is healing a lot faster than expected.
0: I I 100% don't believe it. And I'll tell you why. He had spinal fusion surgery. And I know that they do it a little bit different now. They go in through the front. And everything was successful with the surgery. So... If I had to guess, maybe he makes a return to TV by Survivor Series around that time period. But if you're, if you're questioning if we're going to see him this summer, oh, God, I no. would highly doubt it.
1: No, but it's, it is good to hear that he is healing good because there was question there if his career was over.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and as you mentioned, there was a lot of speculation and doubt Surrounding his career, because this was this is a guy who's not very young. He's also suffered through a lot of really bad injuries. So, so something like this, there was a huge concern: Is Tommaso going to be able to make it back? It's absolutely great to hear he's doing great in his rehab, um, and I look forward to when he does come back. Although I just, I, I wouldn't rush it either. And I I, no. I mean I know I know Triple H is smart with that. He's he's even he if knows. the guy's killing it in rehab, he's gonna give him the appropriate amount of time to make sure everything's, you know, feeling good and, and there's no lingering issues. Now Ginger, since I don't usually get a chance to record with you on revisited, is there anybody on NXT that you've seen in the past few weeks that you think should get more of a spotlight?
1: Um man back to that drew gulak and kushida drew gulak man he really impressed me i mean I know he's not a constant. i don't know i don't know if it's official yet if he's a consistent definite n x t person but he definitely impressed me last week on the with him and kushida and he might just do it again when he takes out kushida in the our submission match all
0: right. I know he was on Joe Five this past week, as I mentioned. If Gulak can become a regular part of NXT, I'd love to see it. I think the guy's oh, yeah. got a lot of talent. Uh, for me, if I had to pick one guy I'd like to see showcase more, I, like I said earlier, I want to see Keith Lee in a real feud. You know, give him give him something. Yeah. And,
1: and uh, Kona Reeves got to figure out what the hell he's
0: doing. Yeah. Uh, That's a fair point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's going to do it for us here on Revisited. We will see you tomorrow night on the Rundown Proper. We have a lot of shit to talk about, and there's a lot of shit to talk about specifically on the main roster. But until then, Ginger, thank you so much for joining me on Revisited tonight.
1: Hey, thank you very much. Uh, It was good to have a little bit of a different voice on Revisited this week.
0: Absolutely. Everybody go to rundownwrestlingnetwork.com. It's a great website. You can see all our episodes. You can vote on the hottest male tournament. And check out all of our other episodes of all of our other podcasts on this very network. I mentioned a few times this episode, the blender Drop this week where Jason and Jeff Uh, gave their thoughts on TakeOver Wrestlemania Salvation yes I'll go for the shameless self plug Wrestlemania (laughs) Salvation episode 27 dropped on Monday that covered Wrestlemania 27 where The Miz, the actual Miz was the WWE champion you'd never fucking know it because the whole show was about Rock and Cena but still The Miz was about The Miz was actually WWE champion and all of our other shows Hurry Up and Cruiserate came out as well. Jeff did a great job covering that episode. Uh, Adam will be back with making the grade this weekend, but also Nitro Mania coming up in the very near future. And for all of us here at The Rundown, we will see you ass next time. Bye!